brought him back to a much happier, much more in, in love with the world podcast. We called soccer podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, alongside virtually my partner in podcasting, Sasha, uh, playoff hockey of playoff hockey's here, and it's been on my brain the entire time. It really has been Caleb back. Um. <laughs> it's the highest honor I can give you the day after he scored an overtime goal. And it was, yeah. you know, optimism all around, both in the soccer and hockey world. Yeah, Minnesota will play tonight at, like, I think Puck Drop is nine. But this isn't a hockey podcast for that. There are plenty of other options. Um, this is a soccer podcast and also a unserious podcast, which we have to. Actually, we should start off with an apology. Um, you may have noticed on your podcast apps last week that uh, it was episode 269, and we made zero jokes about how funny the number 69 is. So we apologize. It won't happen again. In uh, 99 more episodes, we'll make as many jokes about 69 as possible. But that time has passed. We're on episode 270 now, and uh, we have to, we have to be uh, more mature about this, but... From, Bottom yeah, of our hearts, yeah. we apologize. It won't happen again. Yeah, I think people understand. Like we had a lot going on, we had the fire alarm going off, and we just we wanted to get that episode done lickety split. You know, um, it was a real job. <laughs> and uh... God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second to lickety split. Huh? Okay, yeah. Oh, uh... <laughs> had to go there. But yeah. What What else do you have written down anymore? <laughs> no. Okay. That one. That one's off the dome. Nice, nice. I'm proud of you. We'll be back with those jokes in, in episode 369. Ooh. All right. Yeah. I think I think we should take this uh, this podcast to episode 420 and then just quit. Go out in a blaze of glory? Then, yep, exactly. Or, no, a haze, you read, of, you a read haze my of mind. Glo- a haze of glory. <laughs> yeah. We'll just... For no other reason, because it'd be funny. To yeah. be the middle of the season and just like, nah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we will never get past this peak. Okay, um, but we should. There's some exciting stuff going on in the WSL. They started a new season after finishing the season last week, last episode, um, and there, there's some exciting players coming back from overseas. Yes, I got I got this text alert that Rose Lavelle is coming back to good OL Rain. Uh, she's going to be there for the summer as the U.S. allocated player, and she begins training with the rain on, rain on May 26th, which means she sh- could be available for the game against the Washington Spirit uh, the following week. Fantastic. She had a. I didn't really follow the Women's Super League. Uh, I watched a couple games on I think NBC Sports Network. Um, she was with Man City, correct? Yep. I think the only games I watched were Manchester United with uh, Kristen Press. And I think Tobin was there as well. But, uh, yes, Lavelle was in Man City with uh, Sam Mewis, I believe. And they had a pretty good campaign in the in, in the Women's Super League. Uh, Chelsea ended up winning the league. And then they absolutely got smashed in the Champions League by Barcelona. It was 4 nothing. I think, 30 minutes in. And I think, I'm pretty sure it finished 4 nothing as well. Um, hopefully it's not a preview of the, of the men's Champions League for this household. Anyway, oh. Uh, Last Sunday, probably the biggest disparity, biggest shock result from the the opening of the brand new uh, NWSL season that is a week after the old 
in the Bucell season. Uh, Portland Thorns, your reigning champs, beats Shadow Red Stars 5 nothing. Does My Francisco God. Calvo have a sister? Like, <laughs> <laughs> does she play for Chicago Red Stars? Yeah, right. um, that's that's the that's the only that's the only op- only uh, plausible cause of this, correct? Uh, they actually got some help because they start off with an own goal from Tanner Davidson uh, in the fourth minute. So I mean, that's a great boost to confidence to give like a very dangerous team with the lead already. Uh, then they, they, were, they were then awarded a penalty in the 13th minute, which was scored by Christine Sinclair. Sophia Smith followed up with a brace, and then Tyler Lucy scored the fifth goal. So, yeah, they uh, they kind of had an easy start, but they finished strong. And it's on the notes about Gotham, continuing their hot run, leading me to believe that more teams should be named after cities in the DC universe. Where's my Central City at? Where's Star City at? You know? Where's Metropolis? But Gotham so far, uh, I think they beat Houston, I believe, 1 or 2-0. Um, I was following along with that game while watching some MLS soccer on Saturday. Um, I keep like following the Gotham, I follow the Gotham account, and I was like, eventually, the Riddler will crash one of these games, correct? Or it's like someone has to just like, oh no, and there's... Laughing gas in the field. Oh no, the Joker's here. It's like the but the match day guy is still like live tweeting everything. <laughs> there needs to be uh like a uh, Gotham villains uh Twitter accounts that like start promoting the team with like witty banter. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> like every time they win, they're like, "I'll get you next time." And, like the Penguin Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the uh, the Harley Quinn movie that came out? I think last was that last year? I think last year, right before everything. Went the shit in the world? No, you you recommended to me last week. Yeah. Oh, I did. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, in, in the movie, she's part of a, a roller derby team, but I could see her getting into some Gotham soccer. That would be that would be a really dope kit too. I'm just yeah. thinking of Har- yeah Harley Quinn style. Yeah, like the the pink on one side, the the blue on the other, but like obscenities written all over it as well because she's <laughs> a bit of bit of a potty mouth. If you have yeah. kids, don't watch that movie. Or do. I'm not your dad. Yeah, just make sure your kids are uh, asleep in bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to MLS. Some quick MLS news. It's going to be a little different this this week. Um, we're going to go through our MLS, some important MLS news from across the league. Uh, go, d- dive deep into the past two games for Minnesota. And then give our um, State of the West. That um, it's been not what we, what we predicted going into this season, and we'll just give our thoughts about it. Um, with that said, Columbus Crew is rebranding its own rebrand um, a week after destroying the, one of the best crests in MLS soccer and changing one of the names from the original founders of MLS. Uh, the owners went... Whoopsie doodle, and they're back to the Columbus crew. However, they're keeping the giant dumb C because apparently, if you live in Ohio, you don't know who to cheer for. You cheer for the team with the giant C as their logo, as like the Cavaliers or the Cleveland baseball team. Yeah, and you you call this for what it is. It's just pure laziness 
and it's a lazy compromise. Like, they didn't even do the effort to, like, hey, let's make a second logo and just, like, clearly steal somebody's from Europe. Like, like Nashville <laughs> did with Nantes, right? They're like, they're like nah, yeah. it's good enough. We think it's good enough. This should appease people. Yeah, and, like, there have been a bunch of other people on Twitter, like, doing their own logos for Columbus, and they're all way better than what they come up with. Again, if you haven't seen it, it's just a giant C in, like, a angled rectangle with a chunk taken out of the bottom. Um, it's dumb. Their old logo was fine and only seven years old, and, yeah, it's it's stupid. Another stupid news, uh, Dom Dwyer signs with Toronto. Oh, dodge the bullet there, huh? <laughs> yeah, if there's, if there's something that will kill the careers of Michael Bradley and uh, Josie Altidore, right after they had a decent week, I think they both scored, uh, is a Dom Dwyer coming to town uh, to come and like, chokeslam you or like elbow you in the, in the throat. <laughs> but then when you <laughs> retaliate, he'll just flop over and before you even touch him. Yep. Um, he he was linked to Minnesota for so long, and I was just like, please no, please no, yeah. please no, please no, please no, please no, please no, please no, please no. And thankfully, he's going north of the border. Well, not really, because they're training in Orlando and playing their home games there. So he doesn't even have to move because I'm pretty sure his wife Sydney still plays for the Orlando Pride. So I mean, I mean, that's how it happened. He just like walked onto the wrong ground and like just put on one of their jerseys, and they're like, yeah, I guess sure, why not? That's that's how it work now. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, just don't fall over so much, right? Yep. What, mate? I don't fall over? Or whatever, however he talks. I don't know. Um, Jeff Cameron with a Q, because he's a QAnon shithead, um, signs with uh, FC Cincinnati. Um, Jeff Cameron is a center back who is known for his no known for his mind playing on the right wing. Um, he's a... He's a magic shithead, and he plays for Cincinnati, and he got absolutely bossed by Gonzalo Higuain this weekend, which was great. Um, so fuck him, and I hope he has a poor end of his career here. Well, he's thirty-five; he'll end his career here. It's not like <laughs> I want him to like an injury that'll debilitate for him forever. I'm not putting that onto the universe at all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not, I'm not saying that I want him to. I don't know, tear an Achilles tendon like Aaron Long just did, and have to like end his career, but. Because he's so old and stupid and stuff. Do do we play Cincinnati this year? I'm not sure. Uh, we don't, un- <laughs> unfortunately, because they are they are dog shit. So 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 we can't have like Gasper or uh, Boxall stand him up like they did to Tessman this week. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, uh, that was a pretty box move for Boxall. <laughs> he, he he he's awesome. I love Boxy. He's the antithesis of Jeff Cameron. Yes, Jeff Cameron to go pound sand. And die, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but FC Cincinnati opened their new stadium, uh, TQL Stadium, uh, their new soccer-specific stadium, made by the same people who made uh, Allianz Field and who made Orlando City. So it looks kind of familiar to fans of those teams. I was watching that game, I'm like, huh. It's like if Allianz is bitter on the inside. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um. Uh, first person to ever score a goal at TQ, TQL um, was Breck Shea. He became trivia for all those Cincinnati fans. Unfortunately for those Cincinnati fans, Breck Shea plays for Inter-Miami. Um, rough. Little to nothing. Um, Gonzalo Higuain started a brace. Um, it was to nothing. 
Cincinnati fought back in the second half. Uh, they tied up 2-2, and then after tying it up, like immediately uh, conceded the game winner to Dundell Hidwayan, who bossed uh, Jeff Cameron on that play. So fuck that guy. Yep. And the Iguayan brothers are, <coughs> are turning out to be very scary. Yeah, it's like they have like 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 know each other and like know like where the, the other guy lights the ball or whatever. It's weird. It's like they've grown up together or something. Mm-hmm. And they both drive each other to brothers. be better. <laughs> yes, also that. Um, I mentioned it in my rant about Jeff Cameron, but Aaron Long, uh, center back for the Red Bulls, tore his Achilles, um, probably out for the season. Unfortunate for him, that didn't happen to Jeff Cameron instead of him. Um, Aaron Long was, you know. I think a year or so ago, almost on his way to Europe. He's nearing thirty. I think he's at twenty-seven, twenty-eight. So, hopefully, those dreams are still alive. But long recovery and wish him the best. Definitely. Um, there is the the magical scenario where he somehow gets recovery throughout a long season, is able to participate in playoffs, but that's very unlikely. So. Yeah. We're not we're not going to talk about the East today, but Cincinnati's bad. They've scored four goals all year. I wish you played them. And just a reminder, they spent thirteen million dollars on a striker who hasn't scored yet. Woof. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to some good news for Minnesota United fans. Uh, two games this past week. Two games after we recorded. Two wins. Two Wonderwalls. Two more than two fans in the stadium. It's all good. It's all coming up. It's all coming up. Millhouse. We needed like like we needed these wins. We needed both of them. Like a draw against Dallas would not have had us in a good mood on this podcast. At least not me. No, um, absolutely not. So and six points in six games looks a lot better with the hope for either seven or nine points uh, within seven games. Uh, that looks a lot more like hey, optimistic. And even people writing about us are like. Maybe they got to it late, but it might be in time, you know, in time to save their season and you know, get on the right foot. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, um, I mean, we were pretty doom and gloom last week. Uh, I even sent out a tweet on Twitter asking who our followers would replace uh, uh, Heath with if they could. Um, try and find it, but um. <clears throat> Sorry. These were both mu- must-win games for the Loons. And it's weird to say that so early in the season. But they were. Like, because of the psychological If we didn't just six yeah. points. Yeah. yeah. You, you crawl back from even farther. It's it'd be, it'd be rough. But painfully, two, we only had two goals. But they're both game winners. Uh, first game... 1-0 against Vancouver. Late goal by super sub Ramon uh, Wanchope Abila. He probably could have had two or three, honestly, in this game. Yeah. He, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, he was he was looking promising. Um, uh, I won't put too many hopes on him yet, but I, I did like his first touches. Uh, we also had Tyler Miller in net for the first time over DSC. And even without the mustache, which maybe is will be reserved for a playoff run, he was looking good. He was looking healthy, agile, and 
confident, and that's that's the key word going into like going into this week because like that first win set the tone for the the game against Dallas. Yeah, um, Vancouver, kind of surprisingly the tougher opponent for Minnesota. I don't know if that's Minnesota finding their mojo between that game and the Dallas game, or Vancouver being better than Dallas. Um, but I, th- I think, I mean, Tyler Miller and Dole had some fantastic saves um, against Vancouver. Um, he was re- he re- replaced DSC, who, through no fault of his own, is just, I guess it's become an inchy state goat for the bad start. Um, I'd, I'd like to see more DSC as the season goes on, but, I mean, you can't take out Miller now that he has two shutouts in a row, two clean sheets. Um, I should mention that when Abila scored his first goal for the Loons, um, he revealed a T-shirt that uh, had a picture of his brother, Gaston, who committed suicide last year. Um, just a reminder that it is Mental Health Month, and the game against Dallas was the Mental Health Awareness game at Allianz. So, um, yeah, check on your friends. If you need help, ask somebody or talk to somebody, or there's a, there's a hotline you can call as well. Um, yeah, I, and I appreciate Nebula for bringing that to attention, especially now and talking about a, obviously a very tough time for him and his family after the game as well. So props to him, love to him. <laughs> when, he, when he stored, we were watching and I watched the highlight and I'm watching with my wife Taylor and and she watches and he stores and runs over so and she just looks at him and goes, ooh, he's thick. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Taylor, come on. <laughs> he's a sturdy he looking is. boy. I mean, he is. Yeah. He? Uh, but I'm thinking the he broad shoulders are what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a very humbling and human moment, right? And he did yeah. it. He wore that shirt for both games. I think he got a yellow card for it first time. I don't know if it was rescinded. He, he I haven't seen anything that if it was rescinded or not, but. It really should be. Like Yeah, it, it should. So. Uh, it should. Um, uh, Minnesota won, Dallas nil. Um, so I believe I think scored in the 80th or 81st minute, something like that. Um, even later goal from our own Robin Lude, um, kind of a garbage goal in stop, second half stoppage time off a corner from Reynoso. It's headed on goal by Coleman. The Dallas defender flubs it at the line and Lude just pounces and slams into the back of the net and, oh, so much relief. To be yeah. honest, yeah, um, I think this is the game where uh, Minnesota United really found their mojo or got their mojo back. Finishing still not as great as it should be, but you saw a lot more improved performances across um, the players on the field. Sorry, that starting eleven. Yeah, this was Dallas. Like you said, clearly not the better team here, and looking worse than Vancouver had earlier this week. We and even though we got a late goal, it felt like it was coming the whole game. Like, especially second half, we were just constantly pressing the box. And even though we didn't have a lot of shots on goal, we had ridiculous amounts of shots and possessions. Like, I was counting passes, right? And we would string six or seven mm-hmm. together, and Dallas would be, like, two or three and give it over in midfield. Um, Will Trapp was looking a lot more comfortable in midfield, playing higher up, forcing the turnovers. Gregush was having more freedom. Honestly, and Hassani, 
Sonny looked great with his runs uh, all over the pitch. Yeah. It was... I felt like it could it, the scoreline should have been higher, so, like, they said the finishing we need to work on, but, yeah. And, and Chase Gasper, as you mentioned, like, the footwork from Chase Gasper, he's been... He's been getting criticized a lot, which is a hard for a, a player with his skill and potential, because he know he he's very aware of the mistakes he makes. Right, he he has to be that consistent thing in the in the back line, and he brought it back like this week. It's like he knew, maybe it's he was like the fact of like he knew he had to play extra well because he had Calman on the inside of him, but him and Boxy both seem to be on the right page along mm-hmm. with Will Trap. Uh, there were a couple times I'm I'm kind of ranting here on the defense, but like Will Trap. Did have to track back, and he had to do, commit a tactical foul and get a yellow. Maybe he needs to be a little more aware of positioning, but on the counter side, that his role is that's part of his part of the job of his role. He has to do a tactical foul on a key player outside the box, hopefully earlier on than later, and he did it. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Chase has one shot him out of dentists. This was like night and day mm-hmm. from his previous games. Um, Pedro Gasparino is back. Um, <clears throat> Bati earlier, he just fucking leveled uh, <laughs> Tanner Tessman, yep. is his name. Yeah, who's like an inch taller than his... <laughs> he might not even... <laughs> yeah, he might not even know his, his name anymore. <laughs> but it's like, oh, watch that highlight. Oh, yeah. You know that Bati played rugby as a kid? Oh, you don't say. You can't <laughs> tell whatsoever. Uh, on a clean tackle too, he just the, the the ball out. Tanner Hess is running full speed, and Bocce just sit down, little kid. <laughs> Oof. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> but uh, it like it was like it hurts so bad. It, <laughs> it was really a, a clean tackle um, that is very right, painful. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah, exactly. No no fall whatsoever. As there uh, there shouldn't have been. Um, anyway, uh, Dotson had some great runs early on. I think Reynoso, um, he's shooting a lot more this season. I think he realizes that now that without Molino or that creative guy in the left wing, he has to create. And he's been creating his own shot even more now. And it's, I mean, eventually he's going to hit another one that goes in. He had that free trade against Colorado, obviously, but he's just, you know, he's dialing in. He's dialing in. He's dialing in. And this is still a team without a out-and-out starting striker. Um, Abila not yet to full fitness. Um, when he was loaned out to here, he was he missed you know Boca Juniors last few games with injury, so he's still finding that fitness. Um, maybe Adrian Nuno is that guy who can be that striker when uh, Abila is out, and then you move Lude to the right and instead of that middle position where he is, and Dotson, who knows what you do with him? It's not my job. That's you know Adrian Heath's job, but. I think <clears throat> Reynolds has been has been really good. Uno has been really has has been really good. He is is on his way. Uh, he posted on Instagram today that he was flying to Minnesota, so hopefully he'll be ready by the twenty ninth. Um, Fragapan or Fragapan or however you say his last name um, is apparently starting tonight for uh, his, te- his Argentinian team Tolaris, which apparently according to Andy Dreeter, Minnesota did not know that he'd be starting tonight and figured he'd be on his way to Minnesota as soon as possible. Apparently that's not the case, so probably won't make it in time for the 20, uh, game on the 29th against RSL. That's a shame. Um, but I think Reynoso has been really good and, and reinforcements in the attack are coming. Hopefully those guys, two guys can finish. I, I don't know about Uno's recent form, but I have seen, because 
Like everyone tweets about it whenever uh, Frajapan scores, and he has been scoring down Argentina quite a bit for Talaris or Tyaris. Yeah, and I think you're kind of like moving into Chris's question uh, that we had on yeah, the Slack channel. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. And before we do, I did ask Twitter a question and also our um, Patreon question about who they wanted as a as a. Uh, um, uh, manager, if if Inchi didn't, um, if Inchi got if Inchi got sacked, Inchi would, yeah. if, if he got sacked, yeah, and it was uh, Paulo. Um, I had I had it up. Oh, there it is. Okay, uh, pa- uh, Paulo N at Paulo underscore N underscore M N tweets uh, responded with. Gigi Buffon is available. I'm like, ooh, interesting. <laughs> uh, Gigi Buffon, I believe, a legendary Italian goalkeeper. I think he's early 40s. Um, he's, he's leaving Juventus at the end of, his, of the season. Um, not uh, He wasn't coaching there. He was the goalkeeper there. Um, completely interesting player to manager, coach. Um, on our Slack channel, again, if you want to join our Slack um, it is uh, $3 a month on our Patreon to join our Slack. And I find I should really should have prepared this. This is this is how the sausage is made, folks, when Caleb doesn't prepare. There it is. I just want to say about Buffon. No. Is that if he and I came, know I said... Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go uh, If Buffon came here as our coach, he would confuse everybody because he'd be like, have the beard of a northerner. But the skin tone of like a Sicilian, everybody would be like, is he a very tan Minnesotan? Who is this guy? He's, <laughs> he, he looks like he's prepared for the weather here, but his skin doesn't match. <laughs> anyway, that was, that was anyway. my attempt at a bad joke. <laughs> Never apologize for attempting a bad joke. <laughs> They're always appreciated. Uh, we have two We have two answers from two of our patrons. Uh, Mike D answered Jurgen Klinsman, and please know... Please, God, no. And then Chris um, <laughs> mentioned uh, Jose Mourinho, and good God, please, no. If you had to pick Chris one. even went deeper. Klinsman oh, for me, dude. But I would, I mean, it'd be fun either way, but I'd go with Klinsman. I like him. I'd go with Jose. <laughs> okay. For the memes. Yeah. You, th- you think Adrian <laughs> hates the media? Wait until Jose gets here. Um, but that, uh, Chris went all in on his pick with. Sign Jose, get Mario Balotelli up front, and sign Sergio Ramos. And I just want to not that 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 not to happen. Please no. <laughs> don't let Chris make the decisions at Minnesota United. <laughs> I, I, don't, don't. I don't know how he's missing the wonders of like uh, an injured Diego Costa in there. <laughs> don't don't give him any ideas. All right. <laughs> let's, let's move on to our pod questions um, from. Previously mentioned, Chris, uh, how big a difference will who know or the custard known as Frangipan make? Um, and I, I guess we don't really know. I mentioned, you know, Frangipan is storing in Argentina, which is a good sign. Uno was more of a super sub um, with his, with, uh, I think it was Ren. It's been so long since he was like confirmed as a signing, I forgot everything about him. You know? But, uh, 
who knows coming in as a DP. So I mean, Friday Pine will probably be a, a Tam signing. And you never know because MLS is such a different league. Like when Bocce came in, he wasn't that good that first half season. When Lude came in, he wasn't that good that first half season. Now when Reynosa came in, he was brilliant immediately. And the thing that Trusty has asked is, is Uno or Fadipan, are they Reynoso-type players? Are they Lude-type players? Or are they middling? If if they can be Reynoso type players, I and I think that I think at least Tuno will be. I think we'll we'll take off like give like two or three games for our player to incorporate into the style, and then I think he he will take off, and then we'll be running, you know, gunning towards the top of the West again. Um, but that's yeah. that's I'm in, I'm the idealist on here, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I I. I just as of recent recent uh, form, I'm more excited about Fridaypon coming in. Just as he's, he's been storing Argentina, he's been storing in the uh, Copa Sudamericana, which is like the Euro League in South America. Um, Uno, I mean, he was in a, probably in a, in a more competitive league in Lidon, but. He wasn't storing with the frequency that Friday Pond seems to be storing, and that stares me, you know? Yeah, and I think that's that's a hard twist, right? Because the South Americans throughout the league have shown that they can be they can adapt quickly and, and <clears throat> be dangerous. Uh, but we, I, I, I believe in that French connection, though, you know? Like, we've been lucky <laughs> with, all, with our French players. Like, Metner almost scored a goal on Dallas, dude. He was like, he took a slamming shot. Uh, Yo, so he should have scored. That would have been what? I mean, I'm surprised the goalkeeper stopped that. He just didn't get out of the way. It was still coming in so fast. Yeah, so it's, I don't know. I, I, I believe in the perfect world, they both take off. But I, I believe in that French connection, maybe more than the South American passion. Okay, okay. You heard it here first. So when we're either one, one of us is wrong, please let us know. And I mean, when Sasha's wrong, please let me know. <laughs> um, from Mike D, um, am I in panic mode? Think, oh, sorry, <clears throat> I did that wrong. Am I in hashtag panic mode thinking that Reynoso isn't the great player we thought he was last year? Did people figure him out that quick? And Mike, deep breaths, take some deep breaths, watch watch some relaxing TV, listen to whale noise, noises. Reynoso's been fantastic this year. Um, there's an article on The Athletic um, by Jeff Reuter um, basically saying that all the metrics that where Reynoso was like leading the lead, he's doing better than last year without Kevin Molino. Now, is that translated on the store sheet? Not yet, but we touched on he needs a player like Molino next to him. And is that Uno or is that Fradapan? Hopefully, and he still hasn't played here without with an out and out striker, outside of the cameo appearances that Abila has made. Because when he was here, it was Lude up top, or Kai Tamara. And Kai Tamara was a failed experiment last year, and Lude is best on the right. We know this. 
<clears throat> yeah. But I think Reynoso has been good. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Sasha? Am I, am I am I too optimistic about Reynoso? Am I too all in on El Rey? No, I, I like I was getting a little worried about him getting <clears throat> figured out, and then he got that crazy call like, like Galazzo against Colorado, and it, it doesn't matter how well you can man mark him. Like, how are you going to stop a set piece like that? And a player of his caliber and knows how to go like adapt. When when people when players start adapting to him and coaches start adapting to him, he then adapts to a, you know a different style, right? That's the beautiful mm-hmm. versatility of his playmaking. Um, he has been getting fouled and man marked a ridiculous amount, uh, in my opinion. And just like any playmaker, they go through ebbs and flows. We uh, saw it with Gio Reyna, and you've seen it with Pulisic. You saw it with Jan Sancho. They'll be hot for a little bit, and then they'll seem to be not in the right state of mind, or they'll just things aren't connecting, and then they'll come back. That's just how soccer is. It's it's very much built on momentum. I think we're on the upswing now, and you'll see more from Reynoso because of it. Uh, because a playmaker's chemistry with the whole team does rely so much on that on that confidence element. Because everybody has to be confident that the playmaker is is making the right play for them. Absolutely, um, agree with you hundred percent. And yeah, I I don't think you can fully judge Reynoso without a out and out sector in front of him. And I mean, we miss Molino, but. Molino hasn't played at all this year, so someone liked Molino on the left. Maybe that's that's just McMaster. We haven't seen him since before we started winning. <laughs> um, let's actually that kind of leads into my next topic about Minnesota. Um, let's talk about subs, substitutions, not the sandwiches. That'd be much more fun talk if we talked about the sandwiches. Um, and she's on his high horse again about subs, saying how Americans are obsessed with them. Even though he had three games in a week and made, I think, two substitutions and the our two wins at home, um, both the same. Abila for Finley, I think, in the was that the first game? I know it was for sure in the second game. But Abila also came on in the first game, and then Jatori Hayes on late for Reynoso. Which I mean, great to see Jatori on there, but give us a little more time, maybe. Yeah, give the man at oh. least twenty minutes, like to make an impact on the game. I don't like, like. Yeah. I know he doesn't want the criticism, but the way it reads, when you have five subs, so we're like we're kind of a different game. Us and us in the Bundesliga are kind of like this different form of soccer right now. You have to have a different form of tactics, and what it looks like is like you're not comfor- confident in the guys you have on your bench. Like what? Like it's like that, but also yeah. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. The best teams like. You could say, oh, they have a stacked bench, but maybe also because they give those guys experience and because they know, hey, the coach is giving me time and believes in me, even after I make one mistake in one game, like that's how they get better. And so you have a better bench because you give them the playing time. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. Just... yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I don't understand why he's so against using subs because other coaches use subs and by those subs they're changing the tactics and to think that okay this is our 11 this is how we're shaping up this is how we'll start the game this is definitely how we'll finish the game is asinine as a manager the game changes you should be either matching this or countering the subs that your opponent is making or I mean, there was a through ball late, I think, from Dotson to Lude, and Lude did not have the energy to get onto it. 
and he he could have if he was full strength, but and this is all forgotten because Lude scored in the stoppage time. But they're so tired now. How do you think they're going to be at by the end of the season if this doesn't change? Yeah, they'll be completely gassed out, and you and then when you, they do eventually get burnt out or get an injury. Are you confident in the guy who has to that you have to play to replace him? Are you confident in the Justin McMasters and the Jacory Hayes who aren't getting the play time? Right, and like we saw McMaster come in. Uh, I think the first three games he came in, and, and he had a shot on one of his like first touches, mm-hmm. and got an assist in the game in Salt Lake. And way I came in, and his first touch was a shot on target. And if you're just putting these kids in when you're losing by a ton. Or when just when you're losing, then how are you to trust them with a lead later on in their careers? Or how do you, how are you to know how they can waste time in the corner? I mean, playing these kids ten twenty minutes a game and then not playing them for the past is it's not going to help their development. And by the end of the game against Dallas, we were throwing everything to the wall. And our players were exhausted, even though they were still on the front foot. Our attacks fizzled out quicker because the front four were exhausted. Uh, Reynolds has been playing with a little niddling injury in his calf, and you can't just hope he presses on and is okay every single game because if you don't give him the proper rest, it could become worse. Now, there's a bye week coming up this week um, with MLS having an odd number of teams. You know, there's now bye weeks in MLS. It's, it's weird, but Minnesota doesn't have a game this week. But at the same time, there's a lot, you're putting a lot more miles on those legs that, that don't need to be there by the end of the season, by November, by, by playoff time, if you're pushing for a playoff. Yeah. Which, and it's just it's just part of being a good coach and part of tactics is making tactical subs to either see out the game or push for a winner. And I guess he doesn't see it that way and doesn't think his fan base knows the game of soccer that well either. It just comes off of, as very patronizing, and I don't like it. It's true. And that's that might actually think be... Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, go ahead. That's really what it comes down to. We have the skill, especially with the players coming in, potentially make another great playoff run. But so many times playoffs is determined by tactics, by who's got the rest of the legs, mm-hmm. who's hot, and with five sub, who makes the switches. And like we are literally the example of this because we had the lead against Seattle early and then lost it. Like we are the we are the ones that people point at, be like, well, why didn't we make the better subs, man? Like why didn't why don't you pull them off earlier yeah. or like have those guys tr- play all year so when you had to make the subs mm-hmm. in playoffs, they were ready. Like We are the example. I, I don't remember what <laughs> subs he made in that game, but I remember the, one of them was Kai Kamara in for Ethan Finley, and it was just a garbage substitution because Kai Kamara didn't do, did jack shit. Mm-hmm. But also, thinking about this subs conversation and being, and being patronizing, just imagine if it was Jose Mourinho. It'd be so much worse. <laughs> it would, right? Yes, <laughs> but that's but our players would be a lot more rested because they bunkered for eighty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Um, let's move on, Sasha. This is your idea of the power rankings. I want you to take the reins for this segment. 
Yes, yeah, this is our, our State of the West, not State of the West. Uh, he has his own podcast in his bar, and I'm sure he's in a great state right now. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're talking about all-out striker. Uh, one that we're missing is Christian Ramirez, uh, because he scored a beautiful goal against Colorado. They did lose 3-1, uh, but he was able to nutbag Sam Vines, who went on to get a brace in that game as a defender. So that kind of gets me into the power rankings that Houston is the smack dab middle uh, for me because they're currently 2-2-2, two, two, and two, but the results don't add up with like who they should have beat because the two games they won were against San Jose and SKC who are currently towards the top of the table. Uh, they drew against Dallas and LFC and they lost to Colorado in Portland. And Colorado is in my top tier, my scary tier, along with the Sounders and the LA Galaxy. Um, they've They've both surprised me, and they're they're a team that is kind of relentless in the offense, as we like as we learned. Uh, and if a team like that can do that to us, like uh, I'm worried what it can mean. They I, I almost kind of want them to play upset, but at this point, I don't know if anybody can kind of play upset at the, at the current stage against the Sounders. Sounders are playing this ridiculous five man back, which is actually like a false five back because. Alex Roldan and Brad Smith are making runs up all the way uh, to like be an open man. So you always have five attacking players. So it's really a three-man back. So 3-5-2 or whatever. Um, and then Greg Vanny is LA Galaxy. Yeah, they're, they're the scary tier. Um, yeah. Um, I saw on Twitter that someone said Greg, Greg Vanny might be the off-season signing of the year. And like, so far, yeah, correct. He's been what the Galaxy needed. Yeah, a breath of fresh air and the puzzle master put all those pieces together into a winning football team. Yeah, and I guess close competition would be Barrios for Colorado. Having left Dallas, Dallas looks a lot weaker, yeah. and Colorado is looking a lot stronger. Um, San Jose and RSL and Austin have all surprised me this year. I thought I didn't think Austin was going to come out of the gate as quickly as they did. Cecilio Dem- uh, Dominguez is pretty pretty scary for uh, an international player, and he's only twenty six. Uh, San Jose, I guess, somehow just like got the Wando juice and the you know oh, why why am I forgetting the the youngster the youngster with the CC oh Kane Cowell Kane Kane Cowell thank you is also just something else RSL I think isn't yeah. as strong as either of those teams but they have potential to be in the playoffs and then below them I put Houston who I think will will start dropping down the table. Uh, but they could those will stay towards the top. We'll see. They could, they're, the, they're the more most volatile of the teams I have in that category. Uh, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. After that, I have LAFC and Minnesota United, both teams which should be higher in the table. Honestly, I think both teams people expect it to be higher. Mind you, the sample size is kind of weird right now because not everybody's played the same amount of games. And LAFC has had to play Sounders twice and LA Galaxy once already. They've both <laughs> drawn and tied with the the Sounders. They're also the only team to draw with uh, the Sounders, I believe, who are currently undefeated. So LAFC is much higher than they think. And I think we actually played, knowing how good the Sounders are, like we played a pretty good game against them in Seattle, so we should be higher up. Uh, two teams that have surprised me in the bad I mean, way. Oh, go ahead. We lost that game for nothing, but I, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, the Sounders have, like, a gold differential of, like, 11. Like, they're probably, like, an LAFC did two years ago, where they're just like, hey, we're gunning for the shield from week one, and good luck if you want to catch us, you'll be eating our dust. Like, that's what it looks like, and you got to yeah. hope that they burn out. 
because they were this they were supposed to be in my prediction bad without Jordan Morris and Nicholas Lidero like injured at the season, and like it looks like they mm-hmm. didn't skip a beat. They were just like, nah, nah, your 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 hate gives us strength. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody yeah. whose whose hate uh, clearly our hate for him does not give him strength was Dallas and Portland though. Both teams need to be doing better, and I think it's to be determined. But I think they'll go in opposite directions. I don't know which one will go which way at this point. Uh, I'm guessing more money on Portland going up after the way we've played against Dallas, who looked pretty pathetic. They they've been attempting the three man back defense, and it has been in, like mixed results. Uh, yeah, I mean, we did only score one game or one goal, but we had so many chances, and yeah. uh, we should have. It should have been well away that result before the stop second half stoppage time. Yeah, uh, this is the team. I actually don't know. I think it might be kind of a fluke because they're stronger than Dallas at the moment from you know recency bias. But Vancouver, like I think, I think they'll fizzle out, and maybe that's my bias against Canadian teams. I feel like never impressing me. But maybe this is the year of the Canadian magicians because Montreal, I think, is top of the East. So who knows? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So th- those are your power rankings. I did my own power rankings. I'm with my own little categories. Um, first category is the Oofta, their good category. And that, there I have the uh, Sounders and Galaxy. They've been the cream of the crop so far for me in the West. Sounders are... It, it, it pisses me off how good they are. So I just be bad for one goddamn year, you fuckers. And the Galaxy, like, they've been bad for a while, so like... It's it's been nice, but the run is over. Chicharito has been fantastic. Again, Dred Vanny has been what this team needed. Um, kind of the jigsaw master putting all these puzzle pieces together and signing some exciting players from from Lidon as well. Um, and they beat their crosstown rivals in LAFC. In it wasn't it was a one goal game, but I thought the Galaxy had that game. Locked up as soon as the first goal went in, honestly. Um, second category I have is the Arcon or Good category, and that category is um, Colorado. And I think the answer might be yes, and that frightens me. Um, Robin Fraser, a coach I wanted from Minnesota, I think sometime during the second year at TCF, it's like, please just let, let him go. This Robin Fraser um, has really turned this team around, and They've looked really good so far. Their young players are stepping up. Um, Sam Vines, Andres Nishiki, uh, Tony Tosa looks like a, like a good holding slash eight, uh, six slash eight in the midfield. Um, kind of what they wanted when they got him from Dallas a few years ago now. Um, and their defense has been pretty solid. Um, Los Wubitar, I still think one of the steals of that kind of stacked uh, 2017 draft. Um, the unlucky mate um, category I have San Jose and RSL um, just seems like San Jose can't catch a break um, they keep losing these one goal games um, RSL also actually losing one of those games to San Jose <laughs> um, so I think those teams RSL should be higher up on that list I think I, they've been dangerous I th- I'm excited to watch that May 29th game against uh, Minnesota, that rematch down at Rio Tinto to see how the two teams 
clash again because, I mean, outside of those two counterattack goals against Minnesota, they didn't. There wasn't a whole lot I saw from RSL, but I don't know. I'm down in the mud, but whatever. Uh, my next category is will crack on. That's Minnesota United, LAFC, and Portland. I think these teams have had a rough start. LAFC and Portland due to CCL, Minnesota due to. I don't know, fucking hangover from a Western Conference Finals exit, I guess. Um, I think they'll get better. I mean, this is this, the West is stacked, and I do think one of these teams doesn't make the playoffs. They'll be close, and I think that team, unfortunately, is Minnesota. Um, the shouldn't they be good category is Dallas. I just I feel they should be better, and I hope. I think they will eventually get better, but I mean, they have a lot of young players and they have a lot of developing to do around their team. And then the will fade away category, Austin, Vancouver. Um, Vancouver has already been pretty poor. Um, Martha Santos should be on the hot seat. Um, Austin, it's hard to be in an expansion club. And they had a lot of success early, but have fallen off um, recently with a few straight losses. I think it goes from bad to worse for them as the summer goes on. And that, that would be a real shame. They are getting their own stadium later this summer, I uh, I found out. Uh, and apparently the U.S. women's are playing our, their third friendly before the Olympics there. So maybe that will maybe that will be a boost, but it would suck if they like go on the downswing and they lose at home and they're in their home opener. But... Yeah. Womp womp. Um, yeah, exactly. Um... Let us know what you thought um, of this whole kind of, kind of power rankings thing. I think we'll do it a little more often when there's midweek games and weekend games, just because it's so hard to to talk through all the games when there's when like every team has played twice. Um, obviously, we'll still go in deep on Minnesota United games because you know, look where we are, Minnesota. <laughs> but we'll probably do some more um, power rankings and also do Eastern Conference as well. Um, just know for the Eastern Conference, uh, Cincinnati's dog shit. That's all I have for the Eastern Conference. Um, let's move on to the shootout. Um, this is where we just go through news from around the world. Uh, staying in Europe for this one. Um, lots of leads have, leagues have just ended. And um, we'll, I think, to just parse this out. Sasha, you start. Sure. Uh Great news for this household, not so much for yours. Leicester beat Chelsea in the FA Cup, giving them their first FA Cup win, I believe. Uh, there was I, a... I, I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, and they had an amazing goal from a Belgian, and I love the Belgians, I'm a big De Bruyne fan. But this one was from Yuri Tielemans, who kind of blasted it from like over 45 year, yards out, uh, right past the aging Thiago Silva. Um, maybe he should <laughs> have less rap songs and do more defending. Uh <laughs> Is he a rapper? <laughs> no, but there were rap songs about him, named after oh, him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I was happy with that result. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun game to watch. That Yuri Tielemans goal. Um, Yuri Tielemans is one of the guys you always had to sign like, early on, like FM, like 17 or 18. If you did him, he'd be just a world, world class. And, yeah, he, he proved that in the, the FA Cup final. Um, congratulations to Lester. I think they should. I think they deserve a European Super League spot. Anyway, um, 
FIFA 21 uh, adds Tyan Prince, the former QPR youth player, to the game on the anniversary of his death. Um, so, some good news for, not good news, but a nice gesture by the folks over at EA Sports there. Yeah, they, they aged him up so he would be a look like... They tried to estimate what he'd look like at, if he was 30 now because uh, he died when he was 15. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, it's... 15th anniversary is that he had a lot of potential and this was their uh, kind of gesture for for uh, QPR. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, UEFA has changed the location of the Champions League final from Istanbul to Porto, Portugal. Uh after Britain placed Turkey on the red list, this was not, this is a surprise. This is something similar to what they did last year. Um, however, apparently they talked to the English FA about trying to do it in England, and they weren't able to work it out, despite having like several four-star stadiums, including Wembley, which won't. Hmm. It's not going to be preoccupied with the FA Cup final, like. <laughs> so yeah, and, like <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense for like, it's Man City, Chelsea, and Champions final. But they're played in Portugal. And it's just, I mean, it's it's dumb. It's real dumb. Yeah, I, I think their justification was that they didn't want people from Turkey traveling to England, but they still, because they had snubbed Turkey, they wanted to make the game accessible to the fans of both teams from Turkey. So they put it in Portugal, who was just like, yeah, we'll take any tourism at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Luiz is leaving Arsenal. Sasha, congratulations. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, I, I want him to take his evil twin brother David Lewis with him. Um, you can tell which one is David Lewis because he has the bandaged headband that's bleeding out, and the other one is the one scoring own goals. <laughs> Sasha, I, I had the breads to you right now. They're the same person. No, it's lies. <laughs> it's lies. You can tell one has different. One's hair bobs differently than the others. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> um, Roy Hodgson has announced that he is resigning from Crystal Palace effective at the end of the season uh, rumors that Frank Lampard will take the helm oh, none of that matters none of that matters Sasha can I tell you what the best news out of England best news out of the whole entire world in soccer this week was that Liverpool smashed Manchester United 4-2 and Allison, who is the goddamn goalkeeper Came for a corner in stoppage time and banged a header into the back of the net for to win against West Brom. Keep our Champions League hopes alive. I, I love I, that man. He's so beautiful. Anyway, it, go on. Yeah, that, that was a beautiful goal, and that's like very, you know, put him in the goalkeeper Hall of Fame because it's actually very notable to do that, especially against a team like Manchester United, who is second in the league right now. I'm rooting well, there with you because I want them to jump over Chelsea, who did get a, a league win against Leicester today to still stay ahead of them. Well, uh, Allison scored against West Brom. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah it was. I I still can't put into words how that happened. It was just so awesome. He kind of just ambles up there, then just bangs a header from Alexander Arnold on a corner to the bat of the net. Brilliant header, by the way. So went to Germany. Yes, the best striker in the world is Robert Lewandowski. He scored his 40th Bundesliga goal to equal Gerhard Müller's record. Uh, he does have one match left, and he can break it. Everyone's saying that if he hadn't been injured for those 
for that period of time the other month, last month, he would have already broken it. So I think there it's uncontested. Like Lewandowski is the best striker in the world. I have no trouble saying that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Did you know? Did you know what's coming to Minnesota? We have there's that German restaurant in in uh, downtown Minneapolis. It's pretty good. Oh, gas anyway. stuff. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, Bruce Dortmund jumps to third in the Bundesliga. Congratulations, Sasha. Mm-hmm. After Wolfsburg and Rosenball Sport Leipzig draw 2 2. That's when the Deutsche Portal this weekend, or that last Thursday, beating Leipzig 4 1. Braces from Sancho and Holland. <laughs> I just feel like saying that sentence will mean that one of them, if not both of them, are going to be gone next summer or this summer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You have no hope. <laughs> Speaking of hope. Uh, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Hop, Hope scores the winning goal for Schalke against Eintracht Frankfurt. Effectively, they beat like they beat him four three, and that is the game that solidified Dortmund getting into third place and keeping Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, in. yeah, <laughs> uh, Schalke, who were relegated back in like fucking January, beat Frankfurt. It's ridiculous. Frankfurt doomed to another season of Europa League soccer. Fantastic. With one game left, though. Byron already had the, have the Bundesliga wrapped up. Leipzig have second wrapped up with on 65 points. Dortmund and Wolfsburg are tied on 61. Um, Frankfurt down fifth with 57. Yeah, so Ooh. the only changes we can see would be if Wolfsburg and Dortmund switch spots. So that's that's me versus producer Nick in the last week of Bundesliga. Ooh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, uh, we on to La Liga. Uh, Atletico Madrid stand on top with 83 points, two points ahead of Real Madrid. Both have one game left. However, Barcelona drew 3 3 with Levante and lost 2 1 to Delta Vito, putting them third at 76. Will finish third. They're too far back to reach the top. Uh, Ronald Koeman probably out as manager of Barcelona. And I think hopefully that puts to rest those Erling, Brut- those Erling Holland of- to Barcelona. Rumors <laughs> with what money? Yeah, exactly. Sasha, with what money? I, I, that's what I'm wondering. Like, where are they making up this like cryptocurrency? Like, what are they going to start using a different <laughs> form of currency to start buying soccer players over at Barcelona? <laughs> Messy coin. <laughs> it's it's going to be a thing. <laughs> All right. Lastly, we move on to Italy. Uh, with one match left, Juventus is sitting in fifth with 75 points. Napoli and Milan sit right above them with 76 points. Uh, Juventus will face, face Atalanta in the Coppa Italia tomorrow. Um, I hope they win nothing and that <laughs> the end of the season is a disgrace. And and, <laughs> and Ronaldo has to figure out where the hell he's going to go next season. I can't wait for Ronaldo to be playing in the Europa League final against Frankfurt. Anyway, Sasha, <laughs> where can the uh, good folks find you on the socials? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Alexander Sore Sloth. You can find me on Twitter at RealCalebFC. You can find me on Instagram at CalebOlson716. You can find the podcast across all platforms at TWO United Fans. You can also. Uh, Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash TWUnitedFans. New episodes are on their way. Again, I'm really sorry. I've been packing. For so, I've been packing so much. There's so many boxes in my house. Anyway, um, to join our Patreon, just $3 gets you the Slack channel. I guess there's questions every month. Uh, $5 gets you an extra episode. Sporadically, there'll be more often 
I promise as soon as I'm done moving. Um, we have a question from our leader co- commissioner tier level. That's $20 a month. Get a shout out at the end of every episode. So shout out to Eric Olson. His question is, what beer did you ditch your dad for next week? And I haven't bought it yet, but thanks for helping me move. Yeah, dad's great for that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Olson moving crew. One last run. Um, and with that, oh, did you have anything? I'll just have a shout out to the Wild tonight and also to uh, Chris for my Slack. His dad was at the match against Dallas and we won. So needless to say, everybody get tickets and take Chris's dad to every match at home. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously the new uh, uh, the new rabbit's foot that we need, the lucky charm. Eventually, you know, all the players will go out and rub Chris's dad's head before they walk onto the pitch. And... For luck, you know? Yep. Anyway, this has gone on long enough. Shout out to the mad villain, MF Doom. Rest in peace. Feed me with your